really do a but lot. As you, you know, the other day I was behold, driving around and I saw a, a nativity and the way they had it saying, set up was Joseph, there was David, shepherds and there was wise men and there was wife. Mary and there was the baby and Joseph was kind of off to the side. And I went, you know, that's kind of how it's always been. Joseph is kind of pushed off to the side. He's there. He leads the donkey, you know, in the, in the pictures or, or he's kind of standing around. But, but he's kind of... He's kind of extra. You know, we know tons about Mary. We hear sermons about the shepherds. You don't hear many sermons about Joseph. But ever since I became a father, there's something about Joseph that reminds me of that, reminds me of my girls, reminds me of of who I am. Matthew says that Joseph is a righteous man. And that's important. Really, that's all you need to know to unlock this story. Matthew's nativity sounds like a short, straight, uh, no-holds-barred, straight-to-the-point story. But there's so much more in here. And it all hinges on Matthew calling Joseph a righteous man. The the Hebrew there, the the Hebrew term would have been zadik. Now, you're going to feel like you're at a youth rally or something for a minute because I want you to repeat that back to me. So, so say that with me now. Zadik. I, I want it to get in here. I want you to have this because once it gets into your head, once you understand this, it's going to change the birth narrative for you and it's going to forever change the way you look at Joseph. One more time. Zadik. Zadik was a righteous man. It wasn't just an adjective. It wasn't just a descriptive term. Zadik was a title. It was a label of a certain individual. To be called a Zadik, you were just one step below the priests. It meant you were beyond righteous. It was an official title, a a formal label. It was to those people who studied and observed the Torah almost flawlessly. It was those people who truly believed that the the Torah was the Word of God handed down to Moses and they lived it in their very lives to the letter of the law. That tells you a lot about Joseph. That means when Matthew tells you that that Joseph was one of these righteous men, a, a Zadik, he tells you a lot. It, it tells you that, that uh, Joseph probably had a phylactery, the, the little, little boxes with Scripture inside of it. And it was either usually on the forehead, but many times it was on the arm as well. When Matthew tells you that Joseph was a Sadiq, it, it meant that he wore a prayer shawl at all times. A prayer shawl with tassels on it. And the tassels represented all the commands of God. It was there to remind him to pray constantly. When Matthew tells you that that Joseph was a Zadik, it it would tell you that he had the long, never-trimmed beard. Like the kind that makes some of us jealous. Like Duck Dynasty level beard. That's, That's what he would be sporting. Joseph was a Zadik. That meant he was the most religious of the most religious. When, when Matthew says that Joseph was a righteous man, it means there were specific things that Joseph did and did not do. 
When Matthew tells you that, that Joseph was a Zadik, it means that Joseph would cover his right eye and pray the Shema twice a day. Shema Yisrael Adonai El Anahir Adonai Echad. You're impressed, right? I worked on that all week. Bear with me. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Twice a day, cover his right eye and pray that prayer. As a Zadik, you can bet Joseph had a copy of that prayer rolled up and nailed to his doorframe. If Joseph was a Sadiq, it means he gave from his poverty to the temple treasury. It means that every year he would travel the 91 miles from Nazareth to Jerusalem every Yom Kippur to have a scapegoat bear his sins. When, when Matthew tells you that, that Joseph was a Zadik, it means that he practiced his piety before others to remind them that God called them to be perfect as God is perfect. Joseph was a righteous man, a Zadik. That means that there were specific things that he did and didn't do. A Zadik would never violate the Sabbath because God created man for the Sabbath to God's glory. And so a Zadik would never dream of violating the Sabbath. A Zadik would not eat with Gentiles or with uh, sinners those who were unclean because he maintained his ritual purity as, as the highest level. When Matthew tells you that Joseph was a, a Zadik, he's telling you that Joseph was one of those rare few who could truly be called righteous, who could truly be called right, and who obeyed God to the letter, every jot and tittle. All the way to the letter of the law. If the Torah commands that you're to care for an immigrant, you can bet that a Zadik was doing that. If, if the Torah commands that you avoid and dare not touch a leper, you can bet that a Zadik went to the other side of the road. If, if uh, in Matthew's day after being a priest, there was, there was only one level that, that was lower than a priest, and that was a Zadik. Into, hey, there it is, sorry. Into that drama, the Zadik, Joseph, is betrothed and engaged to a woman. And she's pregnant. Now, it's not his, of course it's not, he's a Zadik. A Zadik would never do anything like that. In, in Matthew, in Joseph's day, uh, uh, betrothal was, was the same thing as marriage. They were already married. The, the ceremony was a formality. It was something that they went through. They had been betrothed to one another for years, maybe since childhood. And so this is not a, a, a whim thing. This is something that they've been leading to their whole life. And in the eyes of the law, in the eyes of their neighbors, they are already husband and wife. And so, 
bearing that in mind, according to the Torah, unfaithfulness during the engagement period was adultery. Actually, according to the Mishnah, which is the Jewish commentary on the Torah, infidelity during betrothal was thought to be worse, a graver sin than infidelity during marriage. Matthew tells you that Joseph is a Zadik engaged to an adulteress. As a Zadik, he knew what he was supposed to do. See, Joseph can't simply forgive and forget. As a Zadik, he would tell you the Torah teaches that only God can forgive sin. He had no ability to forgive her. He had two options. The first option was he would grab her and he would drag her to her father's door. He would stand her there and would accuse her publicly and say, I condemn you. If she admitted it, then the priests, the elders of the village, would throw rocks at her until she died on her father's porch. That was his first option. His second option, according to the book of Numbers, if Mary protests, if she's foolish enough to come up with some cockamamie story like the Holy Spirit made me pregnant, then he would take her to a priest and under the law of Torah, have her undergo the ritual of the bitter waters. According to the book of Numbers, Joseph would take her to a priest along with an offering of barley. The priest would take and put that offering on the altar. He would take some of the, the holy water into a jar. Then he would take that barley and add it to that holy water. Then he would take and write the accusation of her onto a piece of parchment, which he would then burn and pour into that water, along with the ink that he used to write it with. Then he would sweep up everything that was on the floor and put that into the water, and then she would drink it. And if she didn't get sick, she was innocent. I'm not making this up. If she got sick, she was guilty of adultery, and we would throw rocks at her until she died. Those were the only two options available to a Zadik. That's it. Anything else, Joseph is unclean. Anything else, he will lose his Zadik status forever. What Matthew says identifies him as being a Zadik, his righteousness will be forever tainted by this union. She will be considered a sinner, specifically Am Haaretz, which is 
people of the land. It, it, it means she's a sinner. It means she is on par with Gentiles, with non-believers, with pagans, with foreigners. She is no longer part of the nation. And as a Zadik, Joseph knows that he will be also considered Amha Aretz. He will be Zadik no more. He'll lose not just his status, but he'll lose his identity. He'll lose everything. Matthew says in verse 19, Joseph resolved to divorce her quietly. Now Matthew leaves it up to us to imagine how long it took him to come to that decision. How much he had to wrestle with that decision. But Joseph had resolved to divorce her quietly. But you know what? He's not happy about it. How do I know that? The word in verse 20 that your Bibles translate considered is the root of it is a Greek word, and I'm not going to go into that because you'll go to sleep on me, but it means to ponder, as in consider, but it also means to become angry. It's the same word Matthew uses in chapter 2 to describe King Herod's anger at learning the Magi have escaped him. It's the same word Luke uses to describe how the congregation of Nazareth reacted to Jesus right before they stoned him. So Joseph has resolved to do this, but he's not real happy about it. The big thing for me is, Joseph ignores his obligation. Joseph sacrifices his Zadik status. He does not stone Mary. He does not subject her to the ritual of the bitter waters. He decides to divorce her in secret. He chooses love over the letter of the law. He chooses mercy over religion. He chooses compassion over condemnation. He chooses his own sacrifice over his self-righteousness. And, and here's the giant thing that Matthew hides in these few little verses. This is huge. Joseph makes that decision before the angel ever says a word to him. Gabriel has never said a word. He has never had this vision that he's going to have, but he's made this decision that he's going to divorce her quietly. Flash forward 30 years. The boy that Joseph makes his own is all grown up. And one day, Joseph's boy meets a woman at a well. Jacob's well. And even though it's almost dark and getting late in the day and the Torah commands that they shouldn't be talking to each other, Joseph's boy sits down next to her and he does just that. Now, this is a woman who by all Torah law should be subjected to the ritual of the bitter waters. But what does Joseph's boy offer? Living water. Water of life. 
like father, like son. One day, Joseph's boy is at the Mount of Olives, and, and a group of experts in the law, Zadiks, come to him carrying stones and a woman they've caught in adultery. As Zadiks, they know there are only two choices. Stone her or the ritual of the bitter waters. She's guilty. Joseph's boy knows what the Torah commands. He can quote you Deuteronomy 22. He can tell you what it says. It's not an ambiguous case. This is not a a, a case study. This is a dare. This is a test. And Joseph's boy looks down at the ground and responds with a double dare. Let he who's sinless among you, Zadiks, throw the first stone. And when he looks up and the Zadiks are gone, he tells her, I don't condemn you either. Like father, like son. One day as Joseph's boy is leaving the synagogue, a leper reaches out to him and asks to be made clean. And Joseph's boy, as the son of a Zadik, knows that Torah forbids him to touch a leper, but he doesn't just touch the leper. He heals the leper and makes him clean. Joseph's boy will tell a bunch of Zadiks as he's eating at a tax collector's house and they accuse him of being unclean, of of eating with tax collectors and sinners. Joseph's boy is going to say, you go learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. That's the first time that Joseph's boy will ever use the word disciple in that setting. And I think Joseph's boy was an apprentice in more than just carpentry. Because when Joseph's boy grows up, again and again, he chooses mercy. He chooses compassion. He reaches out to women. Torah says he should reject He teaches, you've heard that the Torah says this, but I command you this. He says the law was made for us to thrive. We weren't made for the law to trip us up. When he grows up, this son of a former Zadik preaches, blessed are those who, and in that sermon redefines righteousness. When he grows up, Joseph's boy will be Emmanuel, God with us. Now, we believe that Jesus is fully God. We believe that Jesus is God made flesh, just like John says, that that God was made flesh and made his dwelling among us. But paradoxically, we also believe that Jesus is fully human. And that means that Jesus stank, Jesus sweated, Jesus sneezed and spit. Jesus did a lot of other things that is inappropriate for me to say here. But He was fully human. If you don't believe that, then you're doing that what John is going to call later anti-Christ. He was fully human and fully God. He didn't just seem to be human. He wasn't God wearing a human suit. 
He wasn't just pretending. He was fully God and fully human. His humanity was not a disguise. It wasn't a mask that he hid underneath. He was truly human, as human as you and I. He got tired. He got sick. He got hungry. He, he, he sometimes lost his temper. Um, we, we see that. He, he did everything just like we do. Fully, completely, 100%. Nothing missing, no faking it, no pretending. And that means that as a child, Jesus needed to be taught. Just like we do. Jesus had to be taught to walk. He had to be taught to speak. He had to be taught to eat. He had to be taught, just like our children have to be taught. But Jesus also had to be taught how to pray. He had to be taught how to interact with God. He had to be taught about Scripture, about Torah. He had to be taught about what it meant to be a righteous man. Jesus needed to be discipled. You see, Jesus taught what He taught not simply because it was a satellite broadcast direct from heaven. He taught what He taught because... That's what he had seen growing up. That's the something about Joseph that always makes me think of my girl. Because if Jesus couldn't be Jesus without Joseph, then my girls can't be everything they need to be following Jesus without me. And I feel like Joseph a lot of times. You know? I don't feel like I'm good enough. I feel like I should run away quietly. (laughs) But God chose Joseph to teach Jesus. That means God chose me to teach Allie. That means God chose Hillary to teach Olivia. That means God chose you. That means God put you there as a parent, as a grandparent. God put you where you are right now to to lead those young people towards Jesus. God put you here as this community, as this church, to do the same thing. For us to be in community together. And, And that's why we do what we do here. That's why we, we teach these stories. That's why we have children's church. That's why we have Sunday school. That's why we have Bible studies. That's why we have share groups. Because if Jesus couldn't be Jesus without being taught, then we can't be followers of Jesus without being taught. And God has put us in this place for that specific reason. Even if we don't feel like we're good enough to do it. Even if we feel like we're inadequate to do it. See, the life of Jesus isn't just an impossible ideal that we come together and admire once a week. It's it's a real life that we're striving to make our own. That's what discipleship means. It means I want to be like Him. See, He was fully human. And I'm fully human. And so I want to follow in those footsteps. If Jesus was as human as you or me then He was modeling for me a lifestyle that I can live. I want to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. Then I, I want to be like Him in everything that I do. If, if, 
if Christmas, if the incarnation is true, if God made flesh is really true, then that means that I can serve and bless and love just like Jesus. That's the beauty of being on this side of Christmas. That like Him, we can turn the other cheek. Like Him, we can love our enemies. Like Him, we can give ourselves to an upside-down kingdom. But just like Him, we can't do it by ourselves. That's the gift of community. Of fathers, of mothers, of grandparents, of church. God gave us the gift of community because we can't do it by ourselves. We need people who will walk with us through the hard times, who will weep with those who weep, who will rejoice with those who rejoice. We need people who will celebrate our successes and who will hold our hand and cry with us when we're struggling. We need people who will love us like Jesus and maybe like Joseph. If you're visiting with us this morning, that's all we're trying to be. If, if you're looking for the perfect church, sorry, because we ain't that. We're sinful, frail, we mess up, we stick our feet in our mouths, we say things we regret, but you know what? We're here because we love each other in the name of Jesus. We are a group of people who are trying to walk together in the footsteps of Jesus. I can't do it by myself. You can't do it by yourself. That's the gift of community. And this is your opportunity right now as we sing a song to be part of that. See, if you're not a Christian this morning, then this is an opportunity for you to say, I, I'm, I'm done trying to do this by myself. If Jesus couldn't do it by Himself, then I don't know why I expect I can do it by myself. I need Jesus in my life. I need a community of faith who's going to love me and hold me up. I need brothers and sisters who are not going to just, just hold my hand, but who are going to keep me accountable, who are going to prod me on, who are going to support me and love me. And I want to be a part of that. This is your time. Then you can be part of that community. You can confess publicly that, that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, that you want to follow Him. You can repent. That means to, to turn from the way we're going into another way. And, and, and then you're baptized, immersed in water, and raised symbolically to a new life. And then the Bible says that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same Holy Spirit that put a baby in a virgin, comes to live inside of you and to give life to your mortal body. That's the invitation. That's what it's all about. To be a disciple of Jesus. If you're subject to that invitation, if we can pray with you, whatever we can do for you, I encourage you to come right now while together we stand and sing. A common